You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is one of the fastest growing social media applications for your mobile device. It's an app, right? And uh, similar to Facebook or Instagram, it is a place for outdoor enthusiasts to meet and share their passion for the outdoors. So for more information, go to the Google Play Store or wherever you download your apps and download the Go Wild app. Or you can visit timetogowild.com for more information. Let's get outside. It's time to go wild. This is the Sawn Outdoors Podcast. Holy smokes, it's been a little while. <laughs> uh, we have been super busy, uh, but that is not our excuse, although I'm going to use it as one. But thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sun Outdoors podcast. Uh, this episode is super awesome. We had a fantastic time recording it, um, and it's something that I'm passionate about and I'm terrible at. So it was really good to sit down with the crew from Hidden Instinct and talk about coyote hunting. Uh, Garrett and Micah are awesome down-to-earth guys. They are super passionate about coyote hunting, and they are very open in sharing some tips and tactics and um, answering all sorts of questions uh, related to hunting coyotes. So if that is something that interests you, you're definitely going to want to listen to this and you will probably be begging for more, just like I am. Um, I apologize for a little bit of background noise. We recorded this at the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo in Salt Lake City. Um, it is an exposition center, so there's tons of people, thousands of people in the background, and they're doing announcements and all sorts of stuff, but uh, the audio... Uh, from the conversation is pretty good, so you should be able to hear everything you need to. Uh, if you have any more questions after you listen to this podcast, please feel free to DM on social media, um, either us, Sawn Outdoors, or Hidden Instinct. Garrett and Micah will answer any question you have. Um, and man, if this doesn't ignite a fire under you to go out there and hunt some coyotes, I don't know what will. Um, we're, we're all pumped here at Son to get out there and find some coyotes to shoot, and we learned a, a lot of great tips. So, as always, this podcast is Concealed in Kings, Kings Camo, uh, both Hidden Instinct and us here at Son Outdoors. We all use it. It suits our needs perfectly, and these guys especially, where they're out in the sagebrush country all the time, uh, that desert shadow pattern is next to none. Kings has a lot of great things they're ready to release this year. Uh, some new product lineups uh, in the XKG line and whatnot. So we're pumped to have you guys see what's coming out there and experience it. And uh, you can jump onto kingscamo.com and use our discount so code SAHN, S-A-H-N, at checkout. And you'll save yourself 15% off your purchase. That's huge. You won't find a better code out there for, for King. So, and that also is applicable to any sale item. So you can save an additional 15% off of a sale item. Crazy, right? Uh, we can't thank our friends over at King's enough for all the support that they give us personally 
and this podcast. Um, they're great people. So support the local guys if you're a Utah. <laughs> if you're not, still support them anyway. Um, anyway, I have nothing else to say. So we're just going to jump right in. Here are Garrett and Micah of Hidden Instinct. Man, how are you guys? We're good, man. Yeah? Doing Tired good. of expos already. <laughs> yes. This is our oh, first year exhibiting, and it's like, we got how many more days of this? Yeah, we went to SHOT <laughs> yeah. Show, and then Micah went up to Portland, straight from Portland to here. So he's been on the road for like two weeks now. Dang. Yep. So Tired you only had gone. how big of a break between your Coyote tour and expos? Uh, we had about a, month, about a month, but I spent so much time catching up on stuff from being gone for basically two months at my house that I literally had no time at all. So right. Flew by. Yep. yep. you're like, wait, what? Yeah, it was... It was rough. Jeez. For That's sure. a lot of travel. Yep. It was. And how many miles? 8,500-ish for the tour. Yeah. Wow. Just for the tour. Yep. Yeah, it was a lot of miles. I think it was almost $3,600 in fuel. Wow. How's your back? Uh, pretty messed up. Pretty, yeah. 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 <laughs> Put that many miles on. Yeah. yeah. That's my only complaint about that year of Toyota Tacoma is just like, oh, man, you can't adjust yeah. enough. I feel like. Well, you get like. that, and then when you're coyote hunting, you're. Walk out to stand, and then you the same thing. You just sit in the brush for another right. twenty minutes. You're sitting the whole time. Core, yeah. core gets wasted down, yep. and then you're yep. just slumping over. Exactly. Standing at expos, that's the worst for your back ever. Yeah, so. <laughs> dude, my knees were killing me at the yeah. end of yeah. the day yesterday. I'm like, I gotta ice these puppies. Yeah. yeah. One well, of these years, I'll get smart enough and not wear boots. Up, I say it every year, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> go over need to, to learn. Go over to the Vortex booth. Their carpet. I think they've got like two pads underneath they, their carpet. They it, they're so pros. soft. Yeah, good idea. Dude, for next so year. soft. I'm going to head there right after this. Then you can go <laughs> you just go lay down. I'll be yep. at the uh, Vortex booth the yep. rest of the day. Go take a nap. <laughs> That's what you need to go to Canvas Cutter for, right? Oh, exactly. These guys next door at Montana Canvas. I was like, I'm going to use your uh, your cot there before the show's over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ready for a nap. I'm going to open up a massage booth next year. There you go. It's killer right there. Who's giving the massages? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna buy the chairs. I ain't <laughs> no, I'm buying chairs. And just Garrett's like I didn't five, sign five, up for yeah, this. I'm, I'm out. I'm just, out. Just for the exhibitors. Yeah, specifically exactly. yep. exhibitors say, only. Hey, dude, mm-hmm. yep. money maker right there. Yeah, yeah. don't take my idea, anybody. <laughs> uh, you guys continue with the conversation. I got to research some stuff real quick. <laughs> Dang. So I know you guys have talked about this, but how did how did you get the idea for the uh, Coyote Tour? It kind of come from, so we watched uh, Born and Raised Outdoors mm-hmm. where they did their Land of the Free that first year. And I just saw that and I was like, I said to Mike, I was like, we've got to do something yeah. along those lines. And, you know, I was thinking, I was like, what can we do that's realistic that, you know, that's a goal that I think is actually achievable. And I was like, you know what, 100 coyotes in 30 days. And as soon as I pitched it to him, he's like, he was 100% on board. And it just just took a lot of planning and timing. And yeah, but that's that's where it come from. Otherwise, we'd probably just c- kind of continued with our video or two a week. But that was that that was that was one thing where we're like, all right, 30 videos in a row for the entire month of December every single day. So Was that what, tough? It, what was the hardest was part of the releasing the part videos? It was probably for him, editing. Was trying to keep up with the editing. <laughs> yeah. And it's easy to film, right? I mean, yeah. In, <laughs> yeah. In relation to comparison. Way easier. And originally, we were going to try and do it a daily series and just literally – edit that night and release it the next day like almost alive and then i can't thank eric enough for talking us out of it he's like don't do that man like you'll kill yourself yep. especially when we're out where there's no service so i 
yeah, we never would have made it had it not been for him. Yeah, we started, we started about two <laughs> yeah. weeks prior where we had, I think, 13, 14 videos already preloaded. Mm-hmm. And that way, because half the time we're out there, we're out of service anyway, yeah. you know, where we don't have time where we can upload a video or anything like that. So, no, that worked out worked out perfect and for us. And if you've ever tried to upload a YouTube video, you have to have awesome, <laughs> <Exactly>. awesome <laughs> Wi-Fi. Yep, yeah. exactly. It's impossible. At what time of the year did you guys get the idea? Like, how much planning before you it was, started? It was a while. We started, so like I say, Born and Raised did their idea, and I, it was actually last year up here at the Expo, where I was, I, that's where I kind of started thinking about it, and, you know, pitched it to Micah, so, I mean, we were, you know, probably eight months in advance, you know, starting to plan it. Dang. So... Originally, originally we were thinking 100 coyotes in 30 days, and we were going to try to do Canada to Mexico. But with and, and, wow. that, and that's feasible. But with coyote hunting, the biggest thing with coyote hunting is weather. Right. You, you know, if you if you got bad weather, you got wind, you're just not going to be successful. So we ended up kind of changing. It was kind of almost last minute, really, changing our game plan up and went to let's just hunt and let's hunt around the weather. So, I mean, we hunted in let's see, we did Utah, Nevada. Arizona, Idaho, Colorado, and Wyoming. And that whole thing was just chasing where the weather was. Right. Yeah. What went into finding your locations that you were going to get? <laughs> uh, many, many hours on Google Earth. Yep. Many, many. I don't know how many times I can say many to get that point across, <laughs> but many hours on, on Google Earth. <laughs> and a lot of it is we just we know country. We travel a lot for work. Yeah. We travel a lot for fun. We travel a lot for shed hunting. I mean, we, we do travel a lot in the West. We know a lot of people scattered all over, whether it be family or friends. So a lot of it uh, just broke down, and we we know a lot of country too. So yeah, and you know coyote country, so yeah. you can kind of adapt, right? Yep. Yeah, and coyotes are everywhere. Yeah, They're everywhere. Most adaptable creature on the planet. They, I mean, they live in the lowest of the low deserts in Death Valley, and I, you'll find them above Timberline, mm-hmm. and find them in the middle of cities. Yeah, we were know? in Portland for that expo, and there's coyotes running down the road in Portland. That's <laughs> yeah. nuts. Yep. Jeez. Most adaptable creature out so there. They take their golden green, seriously. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, yeah. man. Exactly. Yeah, I show up to the parking lot in the back one morning, and there's a big old coyote turd right in front of the U-Haul. We had all of our stuff from that wasn't there the night before. Like, I don't know how he got the gate, but, yeah. What the heck? He was rubbing it in your face. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't yeah, he yeah. probably he was. was. He's like, oh, you I sucker, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody has, like, their favorite hunt, right, or their favorite animal to hunt. Is your guys' coyotes and then big game? Yeah, you know, what is it? how does it go? So, I think the reason I, I'll say coyotes over big game is just simply because you can hunt them year-round if you want to. We don't necessarily do that, but if you want to, you can. But You know, you, you, don't, got, you don't have to wait 15 years. Yeah, you don't have to wait 15 <laughs> years. There's, there's no limit on them, and you can just virtually go anywhere and hunt them. And so the opportunities endless for you there where you've got to draw a good deer tag or you've got to draw an elk tag or antelope tag or whatever big game it may be, and you've got... 10 days to hunt or 15 days to hunt and then you're done you know right so I mean, we enjoy we enjoy you know deer hunting as much as anything but i think for myself i'd pick coyote hunt just because you can do it wherever and whenever i'd say the same thing mainly because because you can hunt them anywhere you know you don't really need a tag i mean you need licenses in some states but you just if you want to go somewhere and check it out go hunt go you know yeah. and so much public land out here in the west it's it's awesome. It's it's a struggle once you start getting east of the Rockies because there's so much private. But in either or out west, man, it's it's awesome. Yeah, I've never i I personally have only been on like three in, in three stands coyote hunting, and I was with my dad, and he's the most impatient person I've ever met. Anyways, <laughs> so he's just like, yeah, yeah it's been about twenty five minutes. Yeah, yep. that I'm might cold. be the biggest key to coyote hunting is patience. Overall, I'd say. 
Well, what's that one stand? I watched one of your guys' videos, and you guys were in a stand for a while, I feel like, we before had you se- had. We had several. It's, it's funny. That's the, one of the questions we get a lot is, how long do you guys sit on a stand? And we're like, you know, we're sitting 20 minutes. I used to sit about 15, but we started seeing a lot of coyotes. We were standing up at 15, 16 minutes, and coyotes would get, you know, we'd stand up and we'd chase a coyote off. So we started sitting 20, and it's amazing in the last, I don't know, three, four years how many coyotes were killing it. 20, 25 minutes, you know, when we're sitting sitting for those long times. I mean, sometimes maybe they're coming from a super long ways away or maybe they just couldn't hear you and there's a little bit of a wind and they come up over the ridge where they could hear the call or something. But it, it pays definitely to sit 20, 25 minutes for sure. We had that one in Nevada this year. We sat a full 20, got up, walked the 400 yards back to the truck, grabbed a snack and a drink, put all of our stuff away, drove down the road, and there was a coyote standing on the ridge right where we had just left. Yep. So he came in at 30 to 35 yeah, with okay. no sound for the last 10 to 15 minutes of it, wow. and he was standing right there. I mean, who knows how far that thing came from, but in that real wide-open country, we'll, 20 minutes, bare minimum. You know, Sometimes we'll stick it out 21, 22, but we're super impatient, too. You'd think we'd be a lot more patient than we <laughs> are, but there's times when we get out there and we're five, six, seven stands dry, and we hit... 12 13 minutes and we're like man let's let's just go to the next one yeah it's man it's definitely a patience game yep. so how many stands a day on this tour that you guys it did really just depends we did i mean i'd say on average i mean we were probably only making 10 to 12 stands a day you know we're that time of year where you've only got about 11 hours of daylight and we're hunting it not like you would a contest where you're just stand after stand after stand we're trying to pick pick the best stands, the premium stands, where we feel like we've got the best chance. So I'd say probably, yeah, 10 to 12 stands Yeah, a day. I think we averaged 10 to 12. We had a yeah. few days where we were four to maybe six stands was it, Yeah. Um, depending on how much we had to drive. We'd get into an area sometimes and realize that somebody else had already been in there or it just wasn't producing. And if we're not producing after four, maybe five stands, we'll pack up and go somewhere else 10, 20 miles down the road. There's no sense in sticking it out if you're not producing. There's either not coyotes there or they've already been called, and, and you might as well just get up and move. Right. So, yeah. Plus, it takes a long time to get out, do your video, talk about the stands, get everything loaded back up, take the pictures. You know, it's it's definitely not contest hunting where you're pumping out, what, 20, 25 stands yeah, a day? Yeah, in a contest. I used to hunt contests a lot. I haven't for quite a few years, but... Yeah, you're doing 25, 30 stands a day in a contest setting. So you're sticking to a, a tight time schedule. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like 15 like, minutes. Not even that. Not really. Like 12 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes. So what we'll do in contest, we'll go through and we'll like pre-call an area a little bit. You won't hunt it real hard, but just make a, a stand here, go five miles down the road, a stand here, just to see how coyotes are actually responding to the call. And what you're looking for is you want those coyotes showing up in like ultimately like that five to eight minute mark. It just shows... There's lots of coyotes in there. They have been messed with. They're coming hard to the call, and you're just kind of reading how they're reacting to the call. You know, if you're getting your coyotes coming in at 12, 15 minutes, that's just not what you're looking for in a contest. You want a lot of dumb coyotes quick. Yep, (laughs) that's just it. That's exactly it. How often do you guys hit, like, the same areas? You're rotating them, but... Not often. Well, there's a couple areas we might hit twice a year. You know, if we hit it early in, like, October... We might hit it again in late December, January. Gotcha. But we try not to try not to call the same same areas more than once a year. Coyotes are smart. Yes, they learn very, very quickly. Yep. Very quick. Yeah, they are. How long have you guys been hunting coyotes? Forever for him. <laughs> Forever. So I, I've been hunting coyotes. I called and killed my first coyote when I was ten years old. Was so it the I, first day of the tour this year? The anniversary of your? It wasn't. No, it wasn't the first day. 
It was the day we killed nine with Luke in Colorado. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so on November 26, 1989, at 11.17 in the morning. Dude, <laughs> oh, wow. I think yeah. he likes coyotes yeah. the best. <laughs> I, I called and killed. I was four months old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I called and killed my first coyote that's when awesome. I was 10 years old. Now I'm 40 now, so I've been, for 30 years, I've been hunting coyotes. That is awesome. Yep. I'm assuming at that age and that time, you did it with hand calls or mouth calls. Like Actually, no, that wasn't that. We actually, I had an old Johnny <laughs> really? okay, Stewart. you're not as old as we thought. Then, <laughs> yeah, really? I had an old, <laughs> it was an old Johnny Stewart tape player. Really? That had a, it was a little green, and it had a little speaker on top, and it had like a, maybe a 20-foot cable that was attached. You could take the speaker away from it. But yeah, it had the volume control. It was a big box. Dang. But we used that for the first, probably year I started hunting, and then I got into hand calling. When I was probably 11, 12 years old, I uh, started contest hunting when I was 14. Um, and it was hand calls all the way up until uh, two years ago. That's all I'd ever used was hand calls. What do you prefer? Uh, you know, for filming, for YouTube-wise, 100%, I'll, I'm going to say electronic calls. It To be able to set that call up, upwind of you, you know, where you can sit downwind of the call and the focus is away from us. You know, it's not, I mean, you figure you get two guys out there you've got a video camera that can have a little bit of glare on it you know it just but for filming 100 percent electronic call that makes but, sense but i enjoy i enjoy hand calling still the thing i like about hand calling is if i have a hand call and you've got a hand call the exact same one your call is going to sound completely different than mine because everyone each each person's their own unique caller it's yeah. their own unique sound it's right. not going to be the same the same sound that everybody's playing out mm-hmm. there so I, I, I do like hand calling for that do you guys use decoys very much no, no, no not at all. No, I. A lot of people swear by them. I've used them a lot. I always set it up on our Lucky Duck call, uh-huh. just in case uh, the occasional bobcat comes in, because bobcats are really sight. You know, they they use their vision a lot. Or if we get that coyote that maybe hangs up out there. Mm-hmm. But I've had, in my experience at least, with decoys. And like I say, some people won't hunt without them. But you'll have a coyote coming on a string just like you want him, and once he gets sight of that decoy. It's like he just he kind of locks in on it, and then he starts circling downwind every time. It, just, it just really. I've never had trying to set up their own stock. Yep, kind of exactly. Thing. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm not a fan of decoys for a coyote calling. Jeez. So what what was the end number? We well, your guys' on, tour. It was 104. Um, when we went into it, I was going to be ecstatic if we hit it, just because I knew we were going to have at least one day where we had none, and it's 3.3 a day average throughout the the whole tour so three three and four i guess every 10 days to to hit the mark and then we hit that hundred we had what four days left to hunt i think it was yeah it was four days we hit it on day 26 and we had one of our best spots left that we usually pull eight to ten a day out there sometimes it's eight and a bobcat you know it's it's real close to 10 every time we've been out there and we got out there and the weather was horrible the, the wind came through at 11 o'clock in the morning instead of coming out at 11 o'clock that night and we ended up with two that day and one was a volunteer so we we should have had i felt like we should have had about 115 116 oh, but just that wind killed us and it was so close to christmas actually it was after christmas wasn't it that was just after christmas yeah so we're just like you know what we're gonna just call it here we're not gonna try and hammer it out and ended up with that 104 so but I was happy we broke 100 because yeah. it was, it so was you, a grind. You break the 100. You yep. have 104 coyotes. Now what? Do you guys skin them? Yep. yep. You guys do all that? You guys sell them? Yeah, so we skin kinda... 
almost everyone that we shoot, there's a few that sometimes he'll hit either higher, a quartering shoulder shot, and it just blows such a big hole in that it's not even worth it. You know, even if you sew it up, you're only going to get eight to ten dollars out of that coyote, so it's not even worth taking the time to do it. Um, some of the real big ones that are really furred up, I still will because some people will buy those and do something themselves with it rather than trying to resell it. Right. Um, most of the ones that we shot early in the tour, uh, we would give to the guys that we were hunting with, and they would do whatever it is they do with them, uh, skin them, or some guys sell them. There's a few guys that will buy them on the carcass. And then all the ones we shot in Colorado, we gave to Luke, our, our friend Luke. Um, he skins all of them and puts them. I think, I think he sent off almost 90 coyotes this year. Yeah, wow. Wow. a lot yeah. of coyotes. And he's averaging, the last few years, he's averaged just under 50 bucks a coyote for him. And I've been averaging around 42 to 46 the last few years on him. And I think I've got 28 of them at the house right now. And then another 16 or so at a friend's house that he's finishing up for me. I just ran out of time. Too much stuff to do. And it's <laughs> like, here, man, you take half the money and you, you take right. care of the rest of them. So... But so yeah. do you guys do the bounty thing in Utah then? We hardly ever shoot them no. in Utah. Well, like I honestly, in the last probably three, four years, we've shot maybe five coyotes, six really? coyotes. Really, yeah. even out there by Enterprise and on yep. the border, Nevada, and that just yeah. Yep. And usually yeah. when we get them, it's during the hunts. You know, we'll yep. be out there, we'll make a few random stands during the muzzleloader or the rifle hunt, and that's usually right. when we get them. You know, occasionally I'll be out shed hunting, kind of on the borders out there, and. We'll find one here or there, make a stand here and there, and get Utah's one. Utah's just tough. It's just, <laughs> You're tough. It, it, it's just tough to call coyotes. It, a lot it, of hunters, is that it's why? The, it's the, it's the, the hunters, pressure. and it's the bounty, to be okay. honest with that. You can say, get a $50 bounty. Well, you've got, and there's nothing wrong with the, the bounty. It's, I mean, it's, it's done well, but it gets people out there that don't really know how to hunt coyotes. And they educate And everyone that's running around like out me. there, you know, they're running around with a call and it's a gun. And, sucks, yeah. so, and it just makes Show it tough. It's, it just, it just, it's just tough because there's so many people that do hunt coyotes in Utah. I mean, early on in the, you know, September, October, it's not bad. But, you know, you look for the most part in Utah after, after the rifle hunt's done in October, there's nothing left to hunt unless you're going to come hunt the Wasatch or something like that. There's right, nothing left yeah. to hunt, so people turn to coyote calling and... Yeah, after after that, it gets it gets really tough in Utah. Doesn't Utah actually hire professional, quote unquote, professional uh-huh. hunters too to go take care of coyotes? Yeah, they do. So I mean, that can have an impact. Too. Yeah, they do yeah. a lot of a lot of aerial gunning, and they they do that around around you know lambing grounds and sheep and cattle is where they're doing that for the most part. They're gotcha. not aerial gunning. Yeah. They're not calling them in. Not yeah, do, so what they're do, not earning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So those professionals will go through and. They'll have a guy on the ground, and he'll go through and locate, you know, he'll go through and locate how and find groups of coyotes, and then he'll tell the people in the airplane where they're at, and they've got shotguns or, or the helicopter, these helicopters as well, and they'll go down and find them and gun them down. Dang. Yeah, I had a friend actually, it was early fall, maybe mid-fall, somewhere around there. He was out somewhere in Utah, North Enterprise. I don't know exactly where he was at, calling, and he comes back the next day, and he's like, dude... Guess what happened to him? It's like, what, dude? I don't know. Did you get 15 of them? Did you have an awesome day? It's like, no, I was out there on a stand sitting there calling, and I hear this airplane roll over, and then the engine cuts, and I'm thinking this thing's going to crash, and it swoops down and just starts blasting away. It was out there aerial gunning while he's oh, out there on a stand. Bring them in. He's like, yep, I just packed up and left. Dude, that kind of freaked me out. It's dangerous. I've never oh, yeah. heard about aerial gunning, so if yeah. I'm just sitting there on a the stand, and I, all of a sudden they're shooting, like, shit, they're coming after me next. <laughs> like, I'd freak out. We're yeah. at war. We're at war. 
Dawn. Red Dawn. <laughs> yeah, it's like that scene. Start uh, shooting back. You guys ever remember the movie Wild America back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, when they're like making their little video and all of a sudden the jets come out of nowhere <laughs> and just start dropping bombs. Yep. Yeah, that's how I'd react. Oh, we get, get that all the time here. out in some places in Nevada. Nevada. You get too close oh, to that test man. site. Oh, yeah. You'll be sitting on a stand and pretty soon two fighter jets come buzzing across 50 foot oh, off the dude. deck. And, yeah. and they know you're there. I know they know you're there. And they're doing it on purpose, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, they can see the truck. <laughs> like, let's get these guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's those hidden instinct guys. Love their videos. Let's have a little fun with them. Yep. Great. Oh, Tell me about locating coyotes. Um, you guys calling using coyote sounds or and or have you used, like, a siren? I, I know those people make have. it onto the electronic calls. Yeah, they, people use that, use sirens for locating or just group serenades or lone howls. Locating is just one of those things. We don't do a lot of it anymore just simply because of the areas we're hunting. We know, we've hunted enough, and we've got a good idea where the coyotes are at. But, yeah, locate howling, that, that's that's huge for if, if you come into an area and you don't is know where like they're at. Is that like you're scouting yep, for yeah, coyotes? Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. You'll go through. So, like, when we were... When I would contest hunt a lot, we we were always scouting. I mean, we'd spend two weeks leading up to like the world championship scouting. Wow! And you'd go through and you'd just howl at night. And you'd be like, "All right, we got a group here. We got a group here." You know, you'd mark it on your GPS. Be like, "All right, this is where we know a group's at." Go down the road a few miles, locate howl again, and but just because coyotes, if you howl and coyotes don't howl back, that doesn't mean there's not coyotes there. Though that's that's one of the things we're like I was talking about. You got to go through and, and kind of pre-call it a little bit. Because yeah. there's been some areas we've gone through, and um, that, in fact, one area took second place in the world twice out of it. And you can go through and howl it, and you, you get basically zero response, hardly any response. But you can go through and call it and just slay coyotes. Wow. So it's just certain areas coyotes will talk back to yeah. you, and certain areas they won't. So that's interesting. I, it's kind of the same with you know other species, right? Yeah, like elk, exactly. Some are super vocal. Yeah. The Wasatch Front, they're kind of a little quieter. Yeah. You know, than other places. Yep. That's yeah, one of the biggest things we use for knowing whether they're in the area or not is turds. Honestly. Yeah. Driving down the road, yeah. if we're not seeing turds in the road, there's not any coyotes there. Yeah. That's so, interesting. Yeah. yeah. They use they use like fence lines and roads to mark their territory. Mm-hmm. So they're, I mean, they're, I won't say they always will mm-hmm. crap in the road or a fence line or, or a trail, but they use those as kind of as boundary markers. And yeah, you can drive those roads. And if you're just seeing a pile here, a pile there, I mean, we did that in a valley last year in Nevada. We hadn't been doing real good. We drive along in like this mile stretch road. There was, we probably seen six or seven piles on the road. And Mike, is, there's nowhere to hide the truck. Mike, it just kicks me out of the truck because there's nowhere to hide it because it's super flat. Yeah. I walked out there and killed the coyote. So it's just one of those things you just got to. Yeah, it's just like anything else. There's so many little things that you can pick out where you know over time after being out there and experiencing it, if there's more in this area, here's why. And you you figure it out over time. And a lot of times when we're walking in and out of stands too, there's always little washes and things. And that's where they travel. Use those as basically highways. And so I'm always looking for tracks. If I'm not seeing a lot of tracks in those washes in that soft sand, then there's probably not a lot of coyotes there. So if I'm seeing tons of tracks in there, then we'll, we'll really hammer that area out. If we're not, we'll, we'll go to an area that we do find more. So, gotcha. That's awesome. I, I'm learning so much. Well, I just <laughs> realized out. it's almost intimidating. I'm not saying, like, you guys are purposely being intimidating, but I don't do a lot of coyote hunting. I had no idea there was world championships for coyote hunting, yeah. which makes sense. I mean, that's just me being dumb because, like, obviously there would be. Um, so if I wanted to go out and get started in coyote hunting, like, 
really get into it. What are probably the basic needs that I need, or or what Beginner's would your guide advice be? To yeah. Okay, the biggest thing if you've got a gu- if you're not worried about fur, this is one of the biggest questions we get a lot. Is what's a good coyote caliber? Yeah, we like, had one of yeah. those on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah. ask you. Yeah, <laughs> what's a good cut? Co- so if you, if you're worried about fur, anything in that, you know, any twenty two caliber, you know, two twenty three, two twenty two, twenty two two fifty, twenty two nozzler, you know, up to two forty three. I actually shot a six Creedmoor a lot, not a six five, but an actual six Creedmoor a lot this year, and it, it it does great. So any gun, I mean, people are like, well, I've got a two seventy. Is that gonna? Well, if you're not really worried about the fur, honestly, that's a great coyote gun. Yeah. A gun you're comfortable with and you can shoot, that's a great coyote gun. So if you've got a gun, don't have the money to go out and buy one, there you go. Um, camo, it's not necessarily a must. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it definitely helps, but I've done it. Mike has done it. When he's out shed hunting, he's not wearing camo. I've and called he as kills many tons in, of coyotes. in blue jeans as I have it's just wearing like full big camo. Game. Yeah. Flannel yeah. shirt, yeah. wranglers, and a big old yep. cowboy hat. Yeah. Killing big bucks. The big key is with, with no camo is shade. If you're yep. not in the shade, then you're not going to have success. I watched your video on that where you guys were walking through how to pick up a spot to sit uh-huh. in a stand and you were tucking back in the bush or in the shade of the bush and you're like, now you got to think about when the sun's going to be, you know, in a couple hours or in 20 minutes from where yeah. now yeah. and you want to be in that shadow the whole time. So yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how you much you become of a like a big buck. Yeah, yeah. Just stay shaded. Yeah. In. It, yeah. All of it's not one of those things. You have to do this. You have to do that. You're not going to kill them. It's every little piece of it just increases your chances of success. Exactly. Right. So, exactly. Like we know a guy that we work with. He drives out to the edge of a field in the sagebrush, sits a call on top of his truck, and waits till one comes in. And he kills probably twenty, thirty a year. Yeah, but. I've tried it. <laughs> but yeah, I've mean, tried everything. Yeah, Man. as far as calls go. I just need to do it more. Yeah. That's my problem. Yep. As far as getting out, start with calls. I encourage everybody to, to get a hand call and go out. If you can co- learn to call coyotes and hand call coyotes in, you'll, it just, you're that much more successful because all the attention is focused on you. You learn when to move, when not to move, when to shoulder your gun, how to set up. So, I mean, if some people don't want to go out and start with electronic call or a hand call, you know, any electronic call does well for you. You know, we run, we run Lucky Duck calls. And they've got they've got some great calls, sound. I mean, everything they've got's fantastic. But yeah, I mean, if you've got a gun, some camo, and a, and a fifteen dollar hand call, you can go out and be successful hunting coyotes if you know how to do a lot of the a lot of the little things. Hand calls are kind of the purest way. It's like yeah. bow hunting Shred is the bow. purest yeah. way to hunt uh-huh. big game. Yeah, hand calls the yep. top of the yep. Gotcha. It's like fly fishing for fishing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> gotcha. Well, exactly. starting any fights though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Walk us through like. You get to a stand, you set up, you've decided that's a great location. Walk us through your call sequence and the time. Uh, unless it's, it's a sequence. Yeah, no, it's secret. not. It, and it's not. That's, I'll, they I'll have videos out. on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll get that well, out. maybe it was edited yeah. hundreds I of saw a glitch. Yeah. I'll get that out right now, guys. There is there's no secret sound. There's no secret anything. There's so many different sequences and, and things you can do to call coyotes. We mix it up a lot. Um, What's your go-to beginning sound? Go, go-to beginning sound. If it's early in the morning, I like to start out sometimes with like a, just a lone female howl, really depending on what time of the year it is. And then after that, you know, any any distress sound, like whether it be, and a lot of it depends on the country we're in. You just kind of got to learn that. But any cottontail distress, jackrabbit distress, we're on that for 30 to 45 seconds, turn it off, and sit there for two to three minutes in silence. Then, again, 30 to 45 seconds, two to three minutes of silence. Do that for about 10 minutes if we haven't had any luck. I'll switch up to another sound. 
and switch up and do that for another same thing for another 10 minutes and we there's our 20 minute stand Dang. so and it, yeah. there's there's no one go-to sound i mean yeah there's certain certain sounds i like better than others but i'm always trying to just play different sounds just to find out what all works yeah like we've hunted our buddy colton gillen we went and hunted with him in wyoming this year and he actually just won the national championship this year with our other buddy garrett johnson they killed 31 coyotes in a day and a half I listened to that yeah. podcast. Yeah, that yeah. Was yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> thirty-one. But, but you look yeah. at you look at the way Colton calls, and yeah. he kills a ton of coyotes. He sets up, he turns his call on, and he lets it run the entire stand for twenty minutes. Really? Never shuts it off. Changes the volume up here and there, yep. but just lets it run. So yeah. Wow. So there's no there's no one set way, and that's like the thing I try to get across to most people is yes, this is what we do, but that's not necessarily the only way to do it. there's yeah. there's a hundred ways to do it. you can there's some people that well, they won't even play distress sounds they use strictly coyote vocals they use howls they use pup distress they use coyote fights and all that stuff works well, we've done it it works but it just depends on what you like and and what works for you Have it's you completely had- different from area to area too yeah i mean there's areas where fox distress or uh What's the other one we play all the time? The bird one. The, yeah, that's uh, what I was just going to ask. Woodpecker. Because you Woodpecker. scroll through that list, I mean, you got the, yeah, so the crow many the fight, yep. and you got the yep. happy or lucky pecker, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I called in a couple crows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got know guys that just slay in. it with that crow fight. Yeah. And it's, it's literally everywhere you go is going to be just slightly, just, just like fishing to me. It's everywhere you fish is not going to be the same, same bait, you know. They're going to be different everywhere you go. Like so. a good example is... Back back in southern Utah, where we live, you know, we where we hunt around there, rarely, if ever, can you call and kill a coyote with using like a pup distress sound. I don't know why that is. We just don't do well with it. But a lot of the other places we've hunted, you got you play pup distress, and that's more effective than anything. So it's just kind of it's so area dependent. You've just got to yeah. kind of go out there and and run it and see what works. Now, what are they coming in for? The pup distress? Are they coming in to kill it? Or are they coming in to say, "Hey, who's it, who's in need of help?" Or it, what's it the depend- deal? I think it really depends on the coyote and their demeanor. To be honest, it it might be a big dominant male saying, "Hey, what are you doing in my area? I'm coming to come to kill you." It might be it might be a female that just you know weaned her pups a few weeks ago or something. Still has that still motherly, has that instinct. motherly instinct. It might be a, a pup from that year that's out on his own coming to be like hey is this my brother my sister or what's going on just coming in out of curiosity right so it's it's really it's tough to say what they're coming into right. but that's just kind of how i look at it at yeah. least body language is huge on that stuff i mean you can't always tell obviously you can't read their minds but we had one come in this was it, two weeks ago i think a week and a half ago yeah and i was just playing fight sounds we couldn't get anything under stress so i started playing fight sounds and this pup comes in and i'm thinking i'm expecting a big male or big female to come in and it was no it was that year's pup but he came in super curious. He would come in a little ways and stop and poke his head up and poke around. And he'd walk a little ways and stand behind a brush and poke his head up and poke around a little bit. And he never really committed. And we ended up not even getting a, a good shot. I am shot through a bush and didn't get him. But I, I was blown away that a pup came into that. Because every other time I've done fight sounds, it's always been a big male or big female coming in. Yeah, he so, was just curious. Yeah, he yeah, just wanted to know what was going, going on. So, yeah, yeah. there's no... No, no exact science to it <laughs> at all. And that's part of what's so fun about it. Yeah. You just never know. You know, you learn something new every time you go out. There's more of a science cool. to setting up properly than right. there is actual what sound you're Walk playing. me through that. It's Finding a, a good location. You've, you've done your Googler scouting. You kind of got an idea. Now you get to the area. So you get to the area. What are you looking for? Biggest thing is you're, you're looking at where you anticipate the coyotes are going to come from. You can always anticipate, but you never know. Right. So let's say... 
figure the coyote's going to come from that way. We can park the truck behind this little ridge or in this wash where... How important is hiding your truck? Very. It's very important. Why? Because just them seeing that, any educated coyote, the glare coming off of a truck, I mean, that's, that's foreign. You know, yes, we've had coyotes run right by the truck, but we've had coyotes, they'll come up and they'll post up on a hill. And, you, like, you'll pull in and be like, oh, this is a really good spot, but if something comes right there, it's probably going to see the truck. Sure enough, you look up on the hill, there's a coyote posted up at 600 yards staring at you. It won't come any closer. If there's one ridge that you're going to get hosed by, <laughs> that's where the coyote's going to come it from. Seems yeah. like it seems happens all the time. <laughs> Man, they sound more and more like mule deer. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's yeah. exactly the way you guys talk about them. I'm like, yep. it's like mule deer hunting. Yep. You just so, have yeah. to be so careful. Biggest yep. thing is park the truck where it, where it can be hidden. Okay. Walk into a spot where you have the best vantage point where you can see the most the most country, at least, without anything really blocking your view. And most importantly, being able to see downwind. Will the coyotes always come in downwind? No. But the, you want to be able to see downwind the best, at least. Because a lot of times, I mean, they'll circle. Even young pups, it's amazing sometimes. They'll go out and... September, October, you know, when they haven't really been messed with, and they've been out on their own for only a couple of months, and you'll call in a coyote, and, and you can tell he's a small coyote. He's out there 400 yards, and he's circling clear downwind of you. You're going, God, this thing's smart already, you Instinct. know? But then there's yeah. sometimes they'll bomb. They won't even care about the wind. They'll bomb straight to the call as fast as they can possibly run. So, yeah, getting set up in the shade and being able to see downwind, that downwind side, and just get Slightly the Slightly elevated if yeah, you can. Yeah, if you can get elevated. That, that, that gives you a little bit more vantage. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, a lot of the country we hunt in Nevada, yeah, elevation, it's about as flat as the ground we're sitting on right here. It's <laughs> yeah, tough. Right. It's really tough. So it's really big flats yep. between ranges. And the hardest part about that, again, is trying to find a spot to hide the truck. Yeah, and how do you get out into a spot, you know? Without are, getting are you, seen. Are you guys walking a lot, like, a long distance from where you have to park the truck at It really at times? depends. We get that yeah. question a ton. How far do you walk from your truck? It can be 20 yards. It can be a mile. The worst is when you walk out and you're like, oh, this is going to be a perfect bridge. You get out there, and it's the worst setup ever. You're like, okay, I'll go to the next one. You go to the next one. It's the worst bridge ever. Now you're half mile out there already. You're like, well, I'm already out here. I might as well just make a stand, you know? Yeah. It's so. guaranteed on those stands that you walk that far, you're going to kill like a double and have to drag both Kyle's all the way back to the truck. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we've got a stand. We just, the first time we ever made it, literally parked the truck. I bet we don't walk 20 yards from the truck. It's, there's a, just a big mound in the road. You're kind of a wash bottom. You walk, sit right up on top. We've made it three times and killed three coyotes on it. And we're not 20 yards from the truck. Dang. So. Wow. That's awesome. It all just depends. Situational. Yep. It, it really different is. Different coyotes. Yeah. Yep. How, uh, from your experience, how important is keeping still and quiet to your success? It, quiet, it, it definitely is, but you'll still hear us talk a right. lot. And I've been curious about yeah. that. Yeah. Like, these guys are, yeah. you know, hey, there's a coyote coming. Yeah. So, you, you know, you hear us lip kiss, you know, yeah. let, let somebody knowing there's a coyote but mike a lot of time when he sets up his he sits behind me and you know he'll be like hey you know three o'clock but he's not going to say that if the coyote's right there if he's out there three or four hundred right. yards he's whispering but movements movement's really important especially like going knowing, to shoulder your gun yeah going to shoulder your gun you know knowing when when to do that and again that's reading coyote body language if he's kind of coming in slow and really looking around you want to wait till he's you know, in a thicker patch of brush or if, you know, drops down in a wash or if it's just one of those wide open flats, just try and get it up, get that gun up to your shoulder right then, you know, why he's still out there a ways and not in close. But it's just, again, reading that body language. A lot of times if they're just palming straight to the call, yeah, they're so focused on that. They're not looking around. They're not cautious. So it's, again, situation dependent. Curious what you typically, like when you, when you sit down and start your calling, 
what what scope uh, what power do you have your scope set at I leave my scope on eight power eight? and I and I hardly ever touch it R- huh? rarely if ever do I touch I don't care how thick or wide open or anything it is. I mean, I rarely, if ever, will take it off eight. Do power. you usually pack a shotgun with you too? <laughs> because, because now I'm thinking these coyotes are getting close. Eight power at 100 yards. Theoretically, yeah. you should pack a shotgun every single stand. Do we? But it's an extra. No, because thing to take. there's. I mean, there's times out there when we can see three miles. You know, nothing's. Gonna and sneak inevitably, up on us. one of those is they're gonna sneak in on you. Yeah, They'll come back door or yeah, hard angle, does. and there's. Well, on the tour, didn't you have one coming from behind? You didn't oh, yeah. even realize was there. Yep. yep, we have it happen all yeah. the time, and I mean, it's the hard part is is when you're you're packing all the camera equipment, you know, you're packing your gun, and you're packing the call in. There's just so much stuff, and sometimes it just gets annoying packing that extra right. gun, you right. know. And I swear, when you don't. You'll pack it eight, ten stands in a row. That's how it works. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, screw this. Now I'm leaving it in the truck next stand. Good example. One in that stand in Colorado where Luke dropped us. Oh, yeah. We've been packing the shotgun, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Screw this thing. Nowhere to hide the truck. My buddy Luke drops me and Mike off. We walk into the stand. First sequence, we had been sitting there 45 seconds. I look up on the hill, and here's two huge cows, like, just full bombing off the hill. I'm like, oh my gosh, damn! I knew I wasn't going to get them soft. <laughs> and I mean, they both come in. I shot the first one at probably 10 yards with the rifle, running still. Oh, crap. Yeah. But if I'd have had the shotgun, if yep. I'd had the shotgun, I'd have had both of them. Yeah. You know, and I, we only ended up getting one of them. Dang. So, say you're driving down the road, down the highway, you know, out through Nevada, West Utah desert. Yeah. And you see a coyote out in the flat. I mean, not, got nothing else going on. Do you think you have a good chance of killing that coyote? I would say, depending on the area and how much they've been called, on our experience, we're probably 30% success on those, 30 to 40. We had that happen this year in Nevada. Yeah. We're driving down this flat. I mean, it is a wide open dry lake, but there is literally nothing out there. And this coyote's out there, what, probably three quarters of a mile? It was a long way. Just trotting it? through the flat, and he looks back and saw us and kind of picks up his pace and goes up over this one little ridge out there. We drove up the road, drove in an old fence line road, parked behind the ridge, walked over the hill, called him in and shot him. And wow. I mean, it was like two minutes in and here he comes. And then wow. five minutes yeah. later, here comes another one. And he actually circled and we ended up not getting a shot at him. But I think a lot of, like say, again, reading how they react to it. If, if you're driving down and you see a coyote out there and he just takes off ball and running the other way, odds are you're probably not going to get that coyote. But if you see him and he's not hustling out of there as fast as he can go and, you know, he maybe stays in the field and just keeps doing whatever he's doing or maybe he just kind of trots off up over the hill i think he got a pretty good chance at gotcha calling him back i always in. see him when i'm driving yeah. oh yeah i mean yeah. i have never called a coyote in ever <laughs> it, that i know of yeah. you know? <laughs> i'm not saying that it hasn't worked but I, I don't go all the time it's usually after the big game hunts or winding down waterfowl if i've decided to go or not it's kind yeah. of slowed down but I've never called one in. I'm always driving down the road in my truck, whether I have a gun or not. By the time I get stopped, they're gone. Yeah. Yep. Or I don't have a gun. I can't even try. Or I'm clear up in the mountains, and I do not expect to see a coyote in there. Yeah. And they yeah. run across the trail in the four-wheeler, and by the time you're stopped, they're gone. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, like, learning so much here. I'm, like, just getting yeah. antsy. I <laughs> if you see those and they're not just bombing out of there, yeah. drive up the road till you can hide the truck. And then wait a little bit. Walk out somewhere, get a good setup, and wait five, ten minutes so that they feel like they're clear Safe. and they're good. Yep. And there's no whoever was there is now gone. And you'll have better success that way. Is it a guarantee? No. But it, 
it helps a lot for them to feel safe. Like, I mean, we had one in the two, it was last year in Nevada. We're sitting on the stand right before dark. Oh, yeah. We're sitting there on the stand, yep. like 200 yards off a main dirt road. You know, Nevada is a lot of basically highway dirt roads. And last stand of the day, we're trying to just get one more coyote. And we're, what, eight minutes in, and here yep. comes this truck driving right through the middle of the stand. And we're like, great, we're not going to call anything. And we're like, well, it's the last one. We'll just keep calling. Two minutes later, here comes this coyote just bombing in as fast as he could. And, I mean, it couldn't have been maybe two minutes since that truck had gone by. The dust is still, still hanging, hanging in the air. There. I remember oh, that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, who knows? Maybe Great. he felt like the threat wasn't a threat. It yep. yeah. just there went. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Utah, Nevada, people cruise through the desert All the in time. places yep. you wouldn't think people would be in the middle of the week. There's people, someone yeah. out there cruising around. Yeah. Exactly. So they've got to see that. They have yep. to get some level of understanding or comfort with it. And, yeah. You know, they, they feel safe to an extent. It's the stopped yeah. vehicle yeah. That's, right. that's not normally right. there. It's just sitting there. Them. Yeah. 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 Huh. What's the uh, most unique coyote you've ever killed? I'm amazed, by the way. Just a second ago, you are like, remember that one time in Nevada? I'm like, how many coyotes have these guys killed? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that I one, think one we've time got, in Nevada at that time. We've got almost 400 on film now, I think. That's impressive. Over the years. Wow. How, yeah. many, three years? how many years have you been filming? Three Three, so three for the channel. Yeah. Total. I mean, not hardcore, Five. but since we started, six, I think. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, guys. When did you guys meet? Hey, what's back your to my relationship? Question real quick. Oh, what was your, what, <laughs> so what's, what's your the most unique yeah. Kyle? The most oh, yeah. unique Kyle. Man, that's tough. I'd go with the forty-four pounder this year. That yeah. was awesome. That's cool. That was that was very. I don't. I'm gonna go. I'm still gonna say my very first coyote I ever killed. I want the reason I say that is because I will still to this day say it's the best shot I ever made as a ten-year-old kid. That I killed awesome. this coyote at 160 yards on the run with a 22 long rifle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Impressive. Pure luck. Where'd you hit him? Right in the back of the head. Oh, my. Yeah, he run away. <laughs> like I say, it was pure luck. But that, that to me is like I've made a lot of really good shots, you know, four or 500 yards. Yeah. But to me, that's, that's probably the most unique because I was so young and got – just that That's shot with a, with a 22 long rifle. Yeah. You know, it's just. Not many yeah. people can hit something on the run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a kid. Like I say, I was, was pure luck. Like, so cool. That's probably wow. the most unique. The most unique one I've seen. I, I have seen a coyote when I wasn't in the truck. Yeah. One time. <laughs> one time. I was, we went out coyote hunting and we decided to park the truck. There was actually a really big berm in the road. We parked the truck right up next to it and then we hiked up to this mountain and kind of skirted around the side of it into this big basin. And it was snowy, um, not snowing currently, but it was there's snow everywhere. And we got up there and we started glassing, spot and stock coyotes, right? Yeah. yeah. And believe it or not, the back of the basin there was a black coyote. Nice. I really? had never, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. And he's rare. out there mousing. Yeah. Like, we gotta kill this thing. Where was this at? It was. Uh, Were you in Utah? Yes, between okay. here and Nevada, okay. on the West Desert. Nice. Um, and. We spot him and range it. It's like 600-something yards. I'm like, there's no way. we got to get closer. So we get down in this ravine, kind of start working our way back there, cut the distance in half. I'm like, I'm still not shooting that far. <laughs> like, he's still out there mousing. And then a truck came through, and we watched, and he kind of went on alert. The truck went by, and he went back to mouse. I'm like, it's game on. Got we it. do this again, 150 yards, we can do this. We got up there, 150, 120 yards. No, Kyle, we're like, where the heck did he go? Like, we could see the, the the area he was in the whole time. And so we just decided to sit down, and we're, like, waiting for a little bit, see if we saw anything move, let out a little call, nothing. 
like, what the heck? Looking at each other, and all of a sudden, something out of the corner of our eye moves, and this sagebrush gets up and runs off. <laughs> Where the heck was he? Anyway, yeah, never, never got to shoot that thing. But that That's funny you mentioned that about a black coyote. So I'd, I'd never seen one until this year, and I didn't even personally. I dog. I personally didn't. Yeah. Uh, neither Domestic one of dog. us personally saw it until after Mike had edited the video. It was up, and we were in Idaho and called in a coyote. I shoot him, and you watch two more coyotes run off off in the distance, like 400 yards out. And one of the viewers commented, he's like, that was a black coyote. And, and you guys one, never even saw never, when you were in the moment. No, yeah, in the moment. Never even saw it. Yeah, didn't even, even see it. Even when he had edited the video and we both <laughs> watched the video. I just thought he was in the shadows. Yeah. yeah. Of you. But he's yeah. like, that was a black coyote. And then you go back and watch it, and sure enough, you can tell it was a black coyote. Wow. That's way cool. Yeah, we were pissed because that's yeah. like one of our goals is yeah, to get yeah. a black coyote. They're not. They're really uncommon in the West. Like back east, they're more I've heard more of, common. So the one I saw and then a, the kid I was hunting with, his dad saw in another area kind of close to there. Yeah. Not, not within a couple miles yeah several yeah. you know 20 maybe he saw another one huh so we might that's have crazy. to might just be a genetic might out have there to, like teach me the yeah. robes we can go look for get out there and go get that thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> heck yeah do you guys have any full body mount in no. your homes no we should have that 44 pound coyote we killed in in idaho we should have we should have skinned that one i've got a shoulder mount of that first one that i ever killed that's cool so dang i don't think i've ever um, seen a shoulder mount of a coyote they're actually really cool it right. sounds cool. They're actually I'm really cool. I'm trying to think of what that would look like. Yep. Yeah. feels cool in my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. You need to post that up. I need to. Yeah, I will. I will for sure. That'd be neat. Yep. That'd be neat to see. So what are the plans now? Are you going to do it bigger and better? Oh, man. 300 coyotes <laughs> in 30 yeah. days. <laughs> what well, has been the response it from your awesome. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It you was, guys have blown up this yeah. year. Like, you guys have been hitting it hard. seemed yep. like you, you came up with a, an awesome plan even before the idea of the tour. Yeah. You guys have just been steadily increasing the content. And then the tour just like. Yeah. Yeah, the tour I think picked up about 3,000 <laughs> subscribers. Dude. During, the, during the, just that just that month. And it's still, I mean, it, it's it's died down a little bit, but we're, it's still, you know, growing really good. We're sitting, we'll probably break 29,000 subscribers here in the next day or two. Awesome. So, yeah. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. It's been awesome. Yeah, yeah. As far as future plans, we're definitely. Mike has got, I won't be able to do it. I've got to get back to work. I'll rub it in this yeah, time. You can rub it into yourself. I have to. <laughs> Mike is going to be doing, along with a couple of our other buddies, uh, Shed Crazy and a few others, um, doing a, a shed tour here in the nice. next here in the next cool. month. But as far as coyote hunting goes, we're definitely going to do another, another coyote tour similar to this next year. Just don't know exactly what we're going to do. We'll, you know, if we do it, maybe look at hunting like different states, you know, reach out to a different area maybe do like a kind of something up in the northwest or do you know i think like if we could do like a montana north dakota south dakota kansas oh yeah you know something like that cool. would, would be cool but th- there definitely be something another another coyote tour there but just don't know the exact details right. of yeah. how we're gonna do but it there's yet. something in the works yeah, oh, yeah absolutely nice. it, it'll be 30 days of video again at least um if i can do it I'd like to do 60 days of video. Oh, wow. You know, it won't be all actual just coyote hunting. It won't be, it'll be a daily series, but I'd like to do a lot more of the, you behind know, the learning yeah. and like yeah. behind the scenes, you know, how to type stuff, the things we've learned while we've been out there type deal, you know, kind of alternate the videos. Uh, still don't know for sure, but that's, I'd, I'd really like to push it out to 60 days because we have such a short season basically that we can really get out and put out a lot of content out. Mm-hmm. So I, I really want to try and get as much content out as possible. Um, but it is hard, you know, having family and 
job and other things, household and everything yeah, else. Yeah, you know, right. I tried to be that gone that much or do that much. Job. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. So. Back to yet. 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 That's like the that. ultimate goal. I like it. Yes. Back to your question, Zach. You oh, started asking. Like, how long have you guys known each other? When did you guys meet up? Did you guys always live in St. <coughs> George and then just kind of pissing each other off, hunting each other's stands? 2003. Three. So we met at work. So we're both wildland firefighters. So we met at work. Um, yeah, I am from southern Utah. Grew up in St. George Enterprise. I uh, live, in, live in St. George now. And you're he from? I'm born in northern Idaho. I've been living in St. George since, well, Santa Clara technically, I guess, since I was like eight. So I've been okay. there a long time. And, um, yeah, I never really got into hunting until, what, 2006, five, six? I think 2006, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I always just fished was all I ever did. And, yeah, and then finally he talked me into getting my hunter safety, and then it just kind of took over my life. And then we got into filming coyote hunting, and that really just took over my life. So, yeah. well, you guys are smart because how many, you know, people film deer and elk and big game and stuff? Yeah. And there's not a huge market. I mean, there's more than you think. I mean, when you like YouTube, you guys, yeah. you know, coyote hunt, whatever. There's a lot more videos. But yeah. I don't think anybody's gone to your guys' extent. The biggest problem is, is nobody wants to run camera. Yeah. And I I have more fun running camera than I do the gun. I was just going to ask, how come he gets to film and you get to shoot? <laughs> I know you're always <laughs> apologizing in your videos. Oh, Micah, you know, he's, he's finally behind the gun today. Kind of thing. Well, that's the way it started originally, and I'm, I'm kind of throwing Micah under the bus here just a little bit. And myself, too. I won't lie. So when we first started filming, we, we would, like, rotate every other stand. Like, I would run the camera, he would shoot, he would run the camera, I would shoot. When we first started out, Micah couldn't shoot. He would, he would miss Kyle. It's like, great, he doesn't anymore. He's a great shot now. But I couldn't run the camera either. So every Kyle that would come in, I'd never get it on camera, and he'd miss it. So we got no footage to work yeah. with at all. See, the best part is, though, is there's no proof of me missing because he never got it on camera. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's, that's just hearsay. Yeah, yep. That's exactly right. So, yeah, eventually he just is like, all right, I'll stick to the camera, and like I say, he gets as much joy out of getting it on. I mean, there's so many times I look back at it, I was like, because it happens so fast. And I'm like, did you get that on film? He's like, oh, yeah. I was like, there's no way. You look back at it, you're like, yeah. how did you do that? We literally had three seconds from the time we saw this coyote pop out of the brush. And the second I saw him, I whipped the shotgun up and shot him. And you got it? Yeah, it's, it's unreal. He does, he does amazing on the camera. Are your what? eyes just trained to see a coyote coming in? I mean, I think that could be... A, That's a pretty be challenging part of, part of it. Yeah, you could be doing everything right, the coyote coming in, and if you don't see it. A lot of it's looking for movement, but there's yeah. a lot of times, too, where they'll just post up on a ridge. And, I mean, there's been times, honestly, where we're like, is that a coyote? And you'll be looking at it and trying to squint and focus. And it's only two, 300 yards out there, but in the wrong light, you just can't tell. And then pretty soon you see it move, you're like, okay, yeah, it's a coyote. You a know? good example of that that he saw first, the, so the very first stand, we made it the Coyote Tour. We were in central Nevada. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Very first stand. And we'd been there maybe five, five, six minutes. And I hear him lip kiss. And he's like, right there on the ridge on those rocks. And there's only one ridge that has rocks on it. I stared at that ridge. And you can watch. He let the camera run <laughs> for like two or three minutes. And I'm like, there's nothing there. And then I'm just staring there. And I just saw one of them's head turn about that much. I was like, oh, my gosh, and there's two of them. They were posted right on top of that ridge. Jeez. But the sun hadn't come up yet, and he just happened to see them, but they were blended in, and they were only maybe 200, 225 yards away. But they were just blended in so good, and I was staring right at them, but without any movement, I just couldn't see them. I didn't even know binos? there was two there. No, we hardly ever use binos. That's I haven't seen it, and I'm like, man, I always pack mine around. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm doing If, if it's really <laughs> far out there, I mean, if it's really wide open, right. we will. Yeah. But – 
and everybody's got their different ways of doing it and thinking about it. But the way I look at it is if they're coming into shooting distance, you're going to see it. I don't need to know that it's – if I can see it at five, 600 yards, that gives me plenty of time <laughs> to get prepared and do whatever we need to do. But like I said, in a lot of that wide open country, you know, uh, Rusty, for example, he takes his binos yeah. on every stand, but it is wide open grass. And he'll glass them up at – a thousand fifteen hundred yards sitting out there and then he'll just start cycling through the sounds until he gets it to commit so but most of the time we don't we don't have that that opportunity i mean it's we hunt a lot of wide open country but it's always brushy it's not really just pure grass you know so you're never going to see him out that far anyway so interesting everyone's got their own technique and their own style exactly what's your guys's camera setup like what do you how do you guys do i mean you on a tripod yeah so i mean tripod with a fluid head um Manfrotto. Yep, Manfrotto legs. Uh, I can't remember the model number. Manfrotto fluid head. I can't remember the model number on that either. And then I run the was running the Canon HF G30, and now it's the XA20. It's basically the XA30. same camera. Is it the XA30? XA30? Yeah. Yeah. And then we're looking at probably getting a different camera this year at some point. I want to get more of a DSLR type. Mm-hmm. The hardest part about filming, and I thought about doing a little short series about how to film. Just because it's it really is difficult trying to you get should. set up. You really it's, should. It's as yeah. important that for, would be to get set up right filming yeah. as it is to get set up right for shooting. Yep. For example, if with the tripod sitting, you're sitting down, you know, and you got to get the legs sitting just right between your legs, but you have to be able to move and see the entire stand with your camera. And with that flip out window or viewfinder on the camera, it's on the left side. So if you have your camera too far to your left. If you've got a pan to your right, you'll never see in that viewfinder. So I always set it up on my right-hand side, just barely. And then if I have to pan hard right, then I can just lean out a little bit and see around the corner. But if if I've got a camera, and there's times where i got to get real creative. Like (laughs) the the viewfinder flips around backwards and upside down, and then it'll fold up against the camera. And if it's hard left, sometimes I'll just have to flip that over. And then film, and I'm looking this way into the viewfinder, but the camera's going that That's way. That's tricky. It, yeah. Oh, it's so hard it to so find tricky. the coyote in that. Oh man. Oh, you know, it's and I, I've so far I haven't missed one with that. But honestly, a lot of the times. I'll just zoom out a little bit and point it in the general direction and hope for the best, man. Like, sometimes that's all you can do. And it's do, so, so hard on that tiny screen to yeah. make oh, yeah. sure, especially with something like a coyote yeah. and any of these critters that blend in. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, And then when you got the glare of the sun on that thing, that's yeah. why we like shady days more than anything is yeah. because I can see and I can get way better footage on those shady days. We had a few comments on the channel this year of, you know, how come your footage isn't better? I'm like, well, one, it's coyote hunting, and it's like... <laughs> how come your you, footage you, isn't better? I'm you not, try it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I, I can't better. script this. I can't tell the coyote to stop, you know? We hey, had hang one on, guy, let me change the lens. Yeah, we had yeah. one guy comment. I watched you guys for 30 days, and you got the last number 100, and all you filmed was Garrett, and I was like... He was in line with Garrett. Like nothing yeah. I could do, you yeah, know. Yeah, that was he, he was set up right there, and that coyote come from out there. And it was just happened to be straight in line with me when I shot him. I mean, yeah. you can see the coyote run through the screen. It is so easy yeah. to like sit there and be watching it and be like, "Man, these guys suck." But until you actually try to film yourself yeah. doing something, yeah, where you have your subject, you have no idea what they're going to do. You can't script it, like you said. Yeah. It is such a challenge. Yeah, it's not like with coyote hunting, they're so always crazy. moving. You don't know where they're going to come from. It's not like you glass up a buck, bed him down, sneak into 300 yards where you got all the time in the world to set up, get the perfect angle, you know. And in that time, sometimes it doesn't even work. So imagine trying to do it on the fly when you've got, you know, just a few seconds to yeah, really exactly. really make it happen. So And try to self-film a hunt. Yeah, yeah he, do, he does great with it. I've, I've gotten pretty good at that with he that scope good. vision now. Yeah, that is cool. Like, yeah. I've gotten really good at it, and I'm getting better at it. I, I still 
I haven't picked right to set the video camera up to get the shotgun dogs. I killed three of them with a shotgun, and I'm always like, okay, it's going to be this way, but... So I'll set the camera behind me and point it that way, and then he'll come from over here. I'm just like, come on, man. <laughs> like, just one time I want to get that right, you know? It'll but, happen. Yeah, I guess the one time I did kind of get one in the frame. I mean, you see me shooting, but, I mean, they're only 10 yards, but they came hard left. And, you know, you can only guess so much. And yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, I'm getting better. I'm going to be doing a lot more self-filming over the years. Like, this, this shed tour we're doing, I'm going to be hunting coyotes every morning. I can't be out and see sign and not hunt coyotes. So I'll be doing a lot of self-filming on that. So Looking yeah. forward to seeing it. Be fun. Here's a question for you. You guys seem like you're pretty good friends. You ever, uh, especially on the tour, are there any times where the tensions get hot? Or really? No. no like, honestly, we've worked together for so long. We yeah. spend so much time, like, in small, confined spaces, whether it be trucks or in a cabin or in a tent or on a fire somewhere. Like, we've just learned how to deal with each That's other's That's your shit. lifestyle, yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. so it's not something yeah. new to be crammed up with someone. Yeah. 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 Like, he snores a lot, but I sleep with earplugs, so, yeah. see, we got to figure it out. There you go. Nice. Yeah, we get that question a lot, especially spending, yeah. you know, 30 days basically straight. Actually, it's more than that, like 40 after yeah. travel days. So. so, how do you guys do it mentally? Like, you know, big game hunting, you know, you've, you've hiked in, you're glassing for four or five hours, and you just can't find anything, and then it just starts, it's not nothing physical. Yeah. yeah. You can continue to go. How do you guys, you know, is it the same kind of thing or yeah. is it a little bit different with coyotes? It's just like, hey, keep your head up. We've got another stand to go to. Or well, is that, that's just yeah. it. You can, it can change. It's just like shed hunting. Where, oh, I where, hate shed yeah. hunting, but it's the <laughs> most glorious thing at the same it time. It's yep. the same thing. So like Mike alluded to earlier, we'll go, you know, we go four or five stands and we don't get anything. We know we need to move to a new area. We'll move, move to a new area and, you know, you might go two or three stands and nothing. But then you might have that next stand where you call in a triple. Or double, you know what I mean? You just, you just never know what to expect. Yeah. So, it's that you got to have that mentality of you just never know what can happen. It can only get better. It can, yeah, exactly. Yep. And you just never know what's going to happen. Like, if you're, for example, on the Arizona Strip shed hunting, you might not find a single horn, but you might walk around, walk around one bush and find a 230 inch set laying there. You know what I mean? You just, you never. You never know what's going to happen next. Speaking of the wall, yeah. that was the first video I'd ever seen. <laughs> nice uh, that you get that you did, and, and it was just I was like, what the heck? I remember I was on the phone with my wife, and I was living in St. George, going to school. Yeah, and just like YouTubing, just kind of blowing time by. I was sick of studying, and I was <laughs> like, what the heck? And then just everyone's reactions, that same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was pure luck. I mean, I, I had no idea that deer was there. It was just. Walking back to the truck, walked the fence line hoping to find a brown, and then walked back to the truck, and there he was. So, How far away from the truck? Uh, I was about a mile from the truck, but I'd only walked a mile and a half total out, and then I was walking a mile and a half back, and yeah. Yep. So you guys do the firefighting during the fire season, yep. and then uh, kind of turns the hunting, coyotes. Is that kind of like supplementing income? Is that part of the reason start- you do it? It's it starting is, yeah. to, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah it's starting to. Yeah, we've Great. always made a few bucks here and there um, selling the furs. You know, it ends up being somewhere between $1,000 $2,000 a winter. But now that we've got the channel up and running, it's we're trying, like I said, to turn it into yeah. a full-time job. You right. know, I mean, I have three years till I can retire. He's got five. So we're trying to get it built while we can yeah. so that when we do retire, we have something to supplement our income. Just roll and, right into it. Yep. And then yep. just get it after it even Full more. Yeah. Yep. That'd be cool. Yeah, yep. like I've got so much stuff running through my mind right now that I want to do for the future and trying to get it all lined up and all the plans and do all the right steps to get where i want to be in five years and so it's 
it, it's been a trip. It's been fun. It's, it's stressful. Yeah. Uh, it puts a lot of strain and stress on the family. Like, yeah. I've been gone for almost two weeks already, and I won't see my family for another week because they're going to be in San Francisco visiting family, and I'm just like, here comes fire season right around the corner again. I'm going to be gone shed hunting. Like, I was gone for fire last year in almost 90 days. The tour, I was gone for 40-something, you know. Where do you guys hunts. go for the firefighting? We're Everywhere. We're at a gas station, are you? Yep. Okay, just wherever you're needed. Yeah, yeah we're so stationed we're... out of St. George, but nope. we go wherever the need go is. Go to California? We didn't. No, we avoid that place. We've, yeah. we've, <laughs> sent, we've been to California. Anybody, yep. Yeah, we've sent people to California. We had Every a lot year, of fires we, in yeah. Utah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Were you on a lot of these? Mm-hmm. That one on Pine Valley, he was on that one on yeah. one side. I was on the other side of the mountain. For You were there a lot longer than I was. I was only there four days. Yeah. I love that mountain. Yeah. Yep. Love that mountain. Yeah. We stopped a fire. We helped. <laughs> nice. We were stopped up uh, setting cameras this summer. Oh, nice. Nice. And Zach, I slept in. <laughs> Zach and, uh, and uh, the other guy, they they were the ones with the tags. I was just helping out. So I was like, you go find your own buck. I'm going to sleep. Yep. He's sleep one in. gung-ho about setting cameras, and he's sleeping in. You can set it cameras any time of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so I, went, I hiked down the ridge, and I decided to glass this little basin we've seen deer bedded in the trees there in the past so i'm stopped on the posted up glassing and something caught my eye in the trees and it's I look at it and smoke no oh, i was yeah. like we've had lots of fires raging already and you there's a like, fire on the north end of that same mountain yeah the and then across range. the valley yeah and so i'm like holy crap and it was small yeah. yeah and i'm like i could probably put this thing out so i go trucking down there almost falling down the steep <laughs> You know, freaking mountain. I get over into the trees, and it looks like this tree had been exploded by a lightning strike. Yeah. Yeah. It's smoldering smoldering internally. There are a couple six-inch, eight-inch flames on a a log down here. And, I mean, they're just wood scattered everywhere, smoldering. I'm like, holy If the lightning didn't kill you, (laughs) freaking shrapnel would have destroyed you. So I, like, dumped what little water I had on it, which was stupid. (laughs) And then I started, like, kicking dirt on it. I'm like, I got to smother this thing. But it's burning internally. Yeah. Yeah, Just, like, smother it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So I eventually decide I can't handle this thing. And our our buddy is a a sheriff's deputy, Summit County, and I called him. Somehow had service. So I'm like, what do I do? He's like, all right, we're going to come your way, but you need to call 911. I'm like. Okay. okay. So I called them, and they're like, what's the address? I'm like, I can give you a GPS. <laughs> like, all right, don't try to put the fire out. You need to step away, wait for people to arrive. I'm like, it's going to take them hours to get here. Yeah. 20 minutes later, I hear helicopter coming in. What? And I'm up at the top of the, the – my camera was actually in the same set of trees. And so I start hiking up the camera, and this helicopter comes in and starts buzzing me, flying around. Then he takes off. I'm like – 20 minutes later, comes back, and this time he's got the firefighters in there. They got the door open, and they they come and look at it again, and they take off. And I'm like, it's right here, guys. (laughs) The wind had picked up now, and, like, the flames are two feet. I got to go. So I pulled my camera because I didn't want to lose it, and we went and hiked back to our camp. And uh, anyway, the wind started ripping. We're like, who knows what could happen. This could take off. Right now it's confined kind of to this grove of trees, but it could take off. So we... Let's get out of here. So we we hiked down, and right when we got to the trucks, here comes all the firefighters. They're unloading, getting geared oh, up. Oh, man, they did. I was like, it was like 103 degrees. It was hot. <laughs> up on the mountain. Yeah. yeah. And it was, and they're, you know, long yellow sleeves, their, their boots. And I'm packs. just like, oh, my gosh. Like, you could tell they were kind of like, because, well, we had seen Thanks the flames. Thanks for calling the, this in, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, 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 there's, some, there's some of those, yeah. 
Yeah, they came from a far ways away. They came from Pleasant Grove. Uh, yeah. yeah, and they were just. But we walked around and because yeah, we, when we left, it was like this, and then the wind picked up, and we went to go check that other camera, and they were taller than the trees. Yeah, and we're like, holy crap, we got to get back and pack our stuff up. We went down the mountain. By the time we got down there, you look back up there. So where was it? And we're like, yeah, it was Ooh, up those trees there. there. There's a little bit of smoke. We promise you, we're not. We didn't just. We're not <laughs> yeah. dicks like this. But we, we don't want yeah, to. We didn't want it to, <laughs> yeah. to get burnt. So but man, the anyway. shape you guys have to be in. Just to go and yeah. just rounds of shape, right? Rounds of shape. I tell myself that every day. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Man. Yeah, you just get used to the heat. Yep. Yeah. Holy cow. Well, Pine Valley, I mean. Yeah. It, and, well, Pine Valley's a reprieve probably. Like, yeah. oh, yes, there's a fire yeah. in Pine Valley. Yep. This is good. Yep. Anything below 100 is good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So do you guys mainly stick around there then? Most of the time, for, yeah. For big games, Pine Valley. Yeah. And, yep. That's that's getting kind of like our local unit, just really hard yep. to draw. Everybody's putting in. Yeah, it's getting yeah, popular. It's getting, tough for sure. it's getting hard everywhere. Yeah. It, is. it is. It is. It is statewide. Well, look at this. Look at this expo. Yeah, it's yeah. expanded. Yeah, yeah you look at how so popular. Yeah, it's just it's crazy how much this has grown. I mean, yeah. just this whole wing right here wasn't even here last year. No, what they volleyball say? tournaments going on? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So holy crap! I just. Coyote hunting. Now I want to go hunt coyotes. Yeah, careful, yeah. you'll get hooked, man. Yeah, it's addicting. <laughs> it's when it you're not into them, it's like watching paint dry. But when you actually get into them a little bit, yeah. man, it's 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 fun. You still get that, like when you well, like I hear Mike a lip kiss, let him know there's a coyote there. Just, man, I just get that adrenaline dump after even after all these years doing it. It's still like, oh, oh shit, where is he? You know, I know he's somewhere, but I can't see him yet. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's so fun. It's so fun. You get more adrenaline with coyotes or a bull bugling at thirty yards. Man, that's tough. <laughs> I'm going to say a bull bugle at 30 yards just because it's something we don't do as often. Yeah. Right. You know, you yeah. don't get to hear it as often, and it's not as callous to it. Yep, exactly. Holy Dude, God. how cool was that? We talked about it a little bit before we started, but your mom's. Dude, cool that hunt. was that was so it has rad. Has to be one man. of the coolest hunt that, videos I've seen, just because of the story. And yeah. You see your little mom out there, <laughs> yeah. just cute little lady. Seventy years old, yeah. man. Dude, like, she walked like almost eight miles that day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We put on a, we put on a lot of country. So I actually funny story on on that bull. I found that bull two days before the hunt started. Pure luck. At, I mean, I was done. It was the middle of the day. It was like one o'clock in the afternoon, and I pulled out into a chaining to make a coyote stand. And I pulled right to the edge of the chaining. I'm still in the thick juniper, and I was like, oh, I'll just walk out up over that rise. And I was like, well, let me just drive out there, and I'll park at the edge of the rise, and I'll walk over it. So I drive out of the thick juniper out into the chaining. One o'clock in the afternoon, this bull's standing out in the middle of Cheney, just standing there, fifty yards away. I'm like, no cows, no nothing. It's like you got to be kidding me. Didn't get any video of him, but knew right where he was. Yeah, and then that next morning, our buddy Jeff, yeah, gla- glassed him up from like three and a half, four miles. We Turned the long. camera off for Jeff's secret call. <laughs> he told us about that. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. He, he, I, I had to do some creative yeah. editing. Let's yeah. put it that yeah. way. But it worked. He was he was so confident. So. It had snowed in the end of September in Southwest. There was like six inches of snow. It was crazy. But it had melted, and it was real muddy on the ground. And he said where he's at. We went, and he had like six or seven cows with him that morning. And we found one of their tracks, went in the trees, and we start following them. And I told Jeff, I said, Jeff, there's a big open sage flat up here, like another quarter mile. And you could hear the bull bugling. And then Jeff just looks at him. He's like, we got him. We got him. And I'm like, dude, he's got seven cows with him. <laughs> and he's like, I can call him off the cows. 
And I'm like, all right. Okay. I'm not going to argue with yeah, you. Your beard scares yeah. the hell out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That, that'll, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And so we go and get set up. And sure enough, calling one little raghorn that comes right into like eight yards. And like three, four minutes later, that big bull my mom shot come walking out of the trees. And it was, man, you want to talk about, I mean, it was, it's crazy because Micah cut the video. But he walks in and stops at like 75 yards and is facing straight on at us. And he stood there for probably like two minutes. And I'm, I didn't want her to take that straight on chest shot, you know, even though it was only 75 yards. I'm just like, God, please just keep coming. We had to win perfect. We were set up good. And then he just come up to like 50 yards and gave that perfect, perfect broadside shot and stopped right where we want him to. And I remember my mom asking me. She, she was actually shooting Jeff's muzzleloader. That was awesome. He has that Remington Ultimate yeah. muzzleloader. He had 200 grains of powder in that gun. Oh, my. Yeah. And my mom's like, should I shoot this gun? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Hell no. I'd give her my 22, and I said, practice, because she hadn't hunted in probably 10 years. And I said, shoot the 22, just get used to shooting through a scope again, looking through a scope and shooting. So she was practicing with that. Yeah, I did not want her shooting that gun. So, I mean, I'm on 5'1 with her Italian afro, you know. She's lucky to be 5'1. <laughs> Oh. But but yeah, I did not 70 want seventy-year-old shoulder. Yeah, yeah, I did not oh, want her knowing how much that thing kicked. Oh my! And you, Mike even asked her. He's like, "You didn't even feel that thing kick, did you?" And she's like, "No, she didn't feel a thing." She didn't feel a thing. <laughs> that came mm-hmm. in, but no, she made a great shot. Adrenaline. The bull goes not even ten yards, takes a couple hops and tips over. And that was just yeah. I mean, that was it was the biggest bull killed off the unit that year that's too. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. What did it end up going? There's three fifty-four. Dang, yep. that's cool. It's First a cool ever looking bull. Yeah, really unique bull. Really, I mean, twisted beams mm-hmm. had couple kickers on the inside i think he ended up with like a seven by six scorable points on a, on a big big five point frame but no it was i love the whole you know you taking your mom out and then like it's just something you don't see in hunting shows or videos anymore yeah. like this sweet little lady <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. she's the nicest lady on the planet she is, too, man yeah. she is she's awesome yeah she That's it great. took 19 years to draw that tag wow yeah she'd been she grew up deer hunting her whole life i mean I learned more about hunting, hunting from my mom than anybody. You know, she. I mean, I've watched her shoot deer. I've watched her gut deer, skin deer, everything. But after once I had moved away and kind of moved on, you know, gone to college and whatnot, she kind of quit hunting deer. But she always kept saying, "Keep putting me in for elk. I want to hunt elk at some point before I die." It's like, all right, we'll keep building your points. And then once they switch, once Utah switched the law where you could put a powered scope on a muzzleloader, mm-hmm. I just told her, I said, "Mom, this is a chance right now. You're yeah. still." quite a few years away from being guaranteed with a rifle so let's put you in with the muzzleloader and she, i've never shot a muzzleloader before i was like the technology these days it's no different than a rifle yeah, right mm-hmm. so it, uh, it was it, a game changer when yeah. they allowed the oh, yeah. magnified yeah. scope on there yeah it yeah, couldn't, it, game changer. It couldn't like, have panned out better huh, now we got two rifles yeah yep. exactly <laughs> and the, with the technology of muzzleloaders they've come yeah. a long way oh, they really yeah. have crazy. which is crazy something that primitive yeah you yeah. know yeah. Quote, unquote, primitive can be primitive. Be now you can shoot 500 yards with them. Yeah, you know? people are putting the Vortex, uh, Viper, you yeah. know, HSLRs HD. on yep. there. It's like, wow. Yeah. Put that on my 7 mag. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. Have a well, that, that gun my mom was shooting, Jeff had it. He had a dial at 400. It's just like, <laughs> that's nuts. It's a muzzleloader. Yeah. Like 100 yards, I, maybe. I, I, remember, yeah. I remember the old, you know, Muskets. 50 caliber yeah. hawking, you know, yeah. Yeah. patch and ball. And I mean, <laughs> 75 yards, you were pushing it. 75 to 100 seat. yards. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you guys? I'm 40. 40. Just turned 38. Nice. Yep. Gotcha. I'm a couple of years behind you. Yeah. Almost 32. Nice. Yep. Almost. 
Real quick, um, this is my for my this is a personal question. I'll admit it completely. As far as gloves, coyote hunting, I feel like your hands are always getting cold. Do you guys have a favorite pair of gloves you guys they're, go to? They're in southern Utah. <laughs> yeah. It still gets cold down there. I know, it, that's, uh, that's especially a good on, a, on a wide open that desert is, floor yeah. wind. So. I run with the camera. I don't need to have an open trigger finger or anything. Um, you do have to be able to, on my camera specifically, it has a touch zoom on it, so you can touch the screen and zoom wherever you want, so that comes in really handy. Mm-hmm. But I run um, the King's Camel lightweight gloves, and then I run uh, just a cheap pair of, like, knit mittens over top of them. Okay, and then the ones that vo- Velcro it back. Has Velcro, and, yeah, okay. I, yeah, honestly, I buy them at Maverick when we're going to get coffee and gas in the morning. They're, like, they're like nice. eight bucks for just got yeah. the fingered mittens, you know, and yeah. I run those over top. And then if it gets hot, you know, then I just pull those off. And, but most of the time, it, it's not that bad, even just with a, a thin layer of gloves, because we don't hunt in the wind much. Um, and then you don't run anything on your I, trigger finger. On my, oh, on my gun God. hand, I, I don't ever, I can't stand shooting with a glove on. Yeah. But, you know, on my, on my right hand, again, just the King's Camel, just a lightweight, something that I can still have still have feeling where I can run the remote and switch up sounds without having, you know, I can hold the remote and I've used it enough that I can switch up without even having to look at it. I can switch sounds, volume, right. without having to look at it. So I've still got, you know, good feeling in that hand. But I'm just a on, wuss. Yeah. On my shooting hand, usually yeah. what I do is my gun sits right here by my side and I just tuck it in my coat pocket. And okay. when I need to shoot, I can just pull it out. It's usually how I okay. do it. Gotcha. So, Are you a lefty? Yeah. Do you buy left-handed guns? No, no. I can't shoot them. It's uh, it's so awkward for me because I grew yeah. up shooting right-handed guns. Yeah. yeah, I cannot. I cannot shoot a right. The left-handed gun is so awkward. I'm to me. left-handed, but I'm right-eye dominant. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. I had my, to learn how to. My dad's right-handed, um, but when he was a kid, he accidentally stuck a pocket knife in his eye, oh, prying oh. a, a, nice. a rusted blade oh, on another man. one. That happens. So he learned to shoot left-handed. Really? And he has one gun that's a, a lefty, but yeah. Yeah, and it's it's funny too because you look at a lot of the hunting we do. I'm always shooting off a bipod, yeah. so I've got I've got my right hand sitting right there, so I can shoot and just cycle the action right there because the I'm not holding the gun up because the gun's on a bipod. I didn't even think about that yeah. being a lefty and you're able to cycle yeah. with your yeah. off hand yeah. instead of your trigger hand. Yeah, yeah. so it, I mean it works out just fine. Think of that. Yeah, that's actually like an advantage now that I think yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no disadvantage. Yeah, because you're not using you're not I'll holding. Start using up. my left hand more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, get used to that. Awesome. Well, great, guys. I appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. I have so many more questions, and we could (laughs) probably continue the rest of the day, but I know you got other things to do and see. I appreciate you guys having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been really enjoyable. Uh, Learned a lot. Go look at uh, you have a a website, hiddeninstinct.net. Yes. Right? They're also on Instagram. Do you do much Facebook? Yeah, we've got Facebook. It just never. We started everything at the same time. Yeah. You know, Facebook, Facebook it's funny. Yeah, it it just doesn't. Not as good. You know, we've got. 30, 36, almost 37,000 followers on Instagram. We've got 29,000 on YouTube, and we've got like 4,600 on Facebook. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, weird. it's kind yeah. of cycling out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And definitely that. go check out the their YouTube channel. If you ha- don't know about this tour we were talking about, <laughs> you got to go watch it from start to finish. <laughs> yep, start to beginning. It is awesome. They And if you want to learn about killing coyotes, they have lots of tips and tactics on there. You've heard a lot here today on the, on the podcast, so... Yeah. Thanks again. No, thank you guys. Thanks, I appreciate you asking us. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah it was fun.